Oh, no. Oh, is it? Is it? Uh... Oh, we're good. Oh, wow. You're Sorry. Right, uh... Yeah, you're right on it. Sorry, I was still in my own little head. Okay. Um. Cool. Welcome. Hey, it's Chapter Jumps. We are your chumps. Here to talk some chapters. This is a book podcast. We're uh, currently reading The Lord of the Rings. We're on uh, The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien. And today we will be discussing chapters uh, 10 and 11, Strider and a Knife in the Dark. Um, I just finished reading i know that's you don't say that's old hat by now you know that is you you probably wondering you probably wondering i warned you that it was a lot of reading this week and you start early yep yeah i read it all today after all read both chapters today yeah but uh hey you know here we are we did it. Right, Connor, you probably read both chapters today too, right? I did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you, I finished you around uh, like, I think just before six. Yeah. yeah. So pretty close to the to the uh, cutoff point too. Pretty close. Yep. I guess you had some time at work to read, huh? Me? Oh, right. You're not working. Yeah. You, you think I work at six? I mean, um, I well, work until five right now. I don't. I don't know. I started. I in, uh, you, you're going to be all. Incre- you think I work at six? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I assumed you had a job. <laughs> that was just fucking <laughs> stupid of me. You know. Yeah. The hour. The hour isn't that surprising. Well, I mean, I, I, I should have remembered. It was kind of weird if I was like reading at like six. Well, no, no, no. So on, you on said that. No. So you're already you're making another assumption, which makes you kind of sound. <laughs> you know, like because you said you finished at six. I'm not trying to say you read. Night. I'm not trying to say you read everything at work, which you weren't at because you don't have a job, you know. But um, but that like maybe you had time to start reading at work and then you gotcha. got home and finished at six. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no. So no, no, no. no. Um, but that's not what happened. You just you kind of just woke up and you were just shitting around all day, and then no. you decided around like four o'clock or something. You were you were finally gonna read. No, I do have a job. I I uh, I, I worked today very hard, by the way, from four thirty in the morning to um, nine in the morning. Wow, so uh I want to say like feeding the cats, but you don't have cats. No, no, I, I feeding Connor... the cats. <laughs> I, I wanted to say like feeding the cats or anything. Both you, you guys so... tonight. You guys are like I I don't know where where you guys are. It's just a different I uh, have had <laughs> I've had all 12 hours of sleep this week. So are you really going to give me counters? Like, I don't know where you guys are. I, I'm sorry I assumed that you were working. And then it turns out that you are. Like, what the fuck do you want from me? You're like, oh, wow. You're, you, you, think, you think you're like, you think I'd be working until 6 p.m.? Meanwhile, what? You worked from 4 a.m. to 9? Would you consider those to be more normal hours there, buddy? I mean, for, for me, I think so. I think probably for me. Um, that... That is a fair statement, <laughs> but um, 
But no, I, 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 I just thought it was funny just imagining myself like at the end of the day, like just like reading to when the clocks. It, it's, it's just at, at my last job, I, there is no way I would have been able to do that because the only thing that I had to do at that job was in the very uh, beginning of the day and the very end of the day, you know. Right. Right. And it, but it's you know, just it's just hard to keep track of. Uh, it's you know it's your, your it's many different schedules and, and how they might be humorous. It's funny because because like when I when I talk to you, it's like I think you're listening, and then like you know <laughs> like, weeks later, I like I'm like oh man, he wasn't. You know, I, was like, I, I, I just, just fucking forgot, dude. I'm not al- I'm not allowed to fucking forget. Jesus Christ! I, mean, I shouldn't be surprised at this point, but you know. You know, I'm just happy that you have rejoined the workforce. <laughs> you know, you're back where you belong. I'm, I'm happy for you, you know. Working the you. old nine to five. I mean, sorry, uh, <laughs> with the old four to nine, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Classic. All right. So should we uh, talk about Lord of the Rings? I mean, wanna, I don't, you I don't, talk, I don't, about, I don't uh, talk about other things if you want. I don't know. No, I really don't want I feel like we've I, done that enough now. Yeah, we have. But I do have really one quick question, Karin. Did you give away all those flyers or no? Um, yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, that's all I needed. Yeah. Filling out a spreadsheet. Get me the Josh, rest of that for, information. For the listeners, do you want to explain to them what, what you're referencing there so they're not in the dark? Um, How about you do it? Because I am uh, currently very addle-brained and it's taking all of my my effort to fill out the spreadsheet. You're, you're not going to be filling out this spreadsheet while we're talking about the chapters, right, Josh? No, I'm not. I'm trying to finish it there. I It just took me that entire sentence to fill out one cell with a single number because I couldn't do the math in my head. That's how addle-brained I am right now. The, the, and the math was subtraction of a single-digit number from a two-digit number. And the funniest thing is is that um, this this event where the flyers were passed out was on Saturday, and now it, it's Tuesday night here, and uh, this has to be done now, I guess. Well, I had the idea for this part of the spreadsheet like today during work, so mm, yeah. I'm just catching up. All right, on so, to the sh- yeah. on, on to Lord of the Rings. I said you tell him what it is. On to Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, I mean, not not a big deal. Um, it is. Somewhat related to what we're doing. What what is that face? I just I I just lost it at, at, a, at that. <laughs> you tell him. Are, are are we gonna talk about Lord of the Rings or is Josh gonna talk about what the flyers are for? We're gonna we're gonna talk about Lord of the Rings. We can mention the flyers again at the end. I don't care. Yeah, at the end. Sure. Might as well give the listeners uh, something to look forward to. To <laughs> <laughs> call that a. Uh, uh, bait, bait and switch. You know, gotta hook them. Yeah, I don't think it's. I, I don't think bait and switch is the right word, but um, it's or the right phrase. It's like a, it's like it's like a bait. You don't actually switch anything. It's just bait. Guess <laughs> there's no switch hook, involved. Well, I think I mean, that's called a hook. Yeah, hook is the right word for that. Yeah, yeah. You guys know that uh, blues traveler song. And the hook brings you man. What are you drinking tonight, Connor? I am having some wine tonight. Tonight's a wine night. Ooh. Okay. Mr. Vino. Fancy. Fancy. I know. Josh has to make a determined show of his water bottle there. No, I just didn't want to move forward. I had to grab the... I had to reach over to get it. And Connor, uh, your lineup of four Coke Zeros at Kratom? Um, 
Well, tonight I have um I right now by my side I just have two uh bottles of Coke Zero. Um a little bit bigger than the than the cans, so I might make it through with just the two, but we might have to make a little take a little break and so I can get a uh mm. you know, a refill. Naturally. All right. Um Chapter so where do nine. we uh, where do we leave off? Chapter ten. Fuck. Wait, what? Chapter ten. Snyder. Oh right, I went too yeah. far. Yeah, <laughs> the Strider verse. Strider verse. <laughs> and the funny thing is, the funny thing is, I was looking at chapter eleven when I said that. Yeah. <laughs> it has Roman numerals, and my brain was not computing. Hmm. Yeah. So where we left off, um, this was after the whole business at the Prancing Pony. The party had met up with Strider. There was a whole to-do about Frodo accidentally putting on the ring and everyone freaking out. And then Strider's like, hey, you know, you and I need to have a talk. And then the innkeeper, Butterbur, is also like, you and I need to have a talk. So where this chapter starts off here, chapter 10, um, we, we get those talks. So we start with Strider. Is it, it really talks plural? It kind of merges into one talk. It does. Um, they are briefly separate, but it, it does end up being yeah. the same the same thing in the end. <clears throat> um, there's definitely some interesting things about Strider that we learn, but but ultimately what he's trying to get at, even though he seems a little shady about it and the, the gang is wary of him, um, is that he wants to travel with them. He's like, I have information that will be helpful for you. Um, but, you know, what I need is is to be, I, like, I want to be a part of your party and I want to go on the journey with you. And they're like, okay, that's kind of weird. I don't know if we really want that or He's not. He's a party boy. Yes. Um, but then we get Butterbur coming in. Um, Strider kind of sulks off and hides in a corner for a yeah, minute he just there. Hides in the corner. He literally like, um, and then Butterbur is saying like, "Oh yeah, I remember what I forgot to tell you. It was that um, Gandalf was here three months ago, and he told me to be on the lookout for four hobbits, and specifically a hobbit that goes by Underhill, but their real name is Baggins. <laughs> but I shouldn't say that. And Fucking it's like Butterbur." <laughs> Right? Like, wait, like, like, literally this exact, like, this is a very specific situation you were told to look out for. And it's like, yep, here we are. Um, Drop the ball on that but, one. You know, but, you know, both, uh, both Gandalf in the letter that we read and Strider are both like, yeah, well, you know, Butterbur kind of has like rocks for brains. So um, that's just the way it is. That's, that's being kind to him. Yeah, but um, but he has a heart of gold. Rocks for brains, but a heart of gold. And he uh, does give Frodo Gandalf's letter three months late. Um, we'll get back to the letter, but it's it's mainly Gandalf being like, hey, you should really leave earlier than you said you were going to. Doesn't matter anymore. Uh, P.S. Uh, Strider is pretty cool, actually. You should be friends with him. <laughs> And then, like, uh, P.P.S. Um, something else. I guess Make we'll talk sure about Make sure he's it. the real Strider. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Using so this song! <laughs> <laughs> da 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 um, 
okay, and then like, what? Um, they're okay, and then it's like, oh well, we also know we need to be like really, really careful about the Black Riders, and everyone in town knows that like some weird shit went down here, and there's a lot of eyes on us right now. Um, and in fact, Mary, that's what happens. Mary comes back and he's like, I literally saw a black rider and it's like, not good. But, um, they stay the night They, you know, they're on the lookout, but they stay the night at the inn. The next day they end up, uh, leaving. There's some things they have to like go through. They have to get a pony like this sickly <laughs> pony, you know, just to carry their shit because in, in the middle of the night, the, the other ponies were, were freed. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they make their way on their journey out of Bree, and they're trying to get to this place like the Weathering Hill, the Weathering Hilltop, something like that. Yep. Hey, real quick, Connor, you are recording, right? Me? Yes. Yes? Why okay, are you good. not? I just realized my recording didn't uh, start. No, you can count on me, <laughs> Mr. Reliable. This is why we have backups. Yes. Well, I mean, you're the backup in this case, Josh. Right, but now we have the backup. Is what I mean. Like, if if this failure had been it with if I was just the only one recording, then this would have been we would have lost all, everything up to this point. But we but you're, we don't. You're right, but the way the system is yes. set up is you're never the only one just recording. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is why we have the system. One of us failed to start the recording. Hmm. Well, but it no, was the backup that's not who what failed happened. to start that the recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not what happened. So. The, it, it, what what happened is we lost the recording due to a technical issue. I I was recording the entire time, and the the same way I do every time. And then just, <laughs> we're, oh, we're talking about that. Oh, we're, no, talking, we're talking about that about, episode now. Okay, yeah. That's, that's why we um, did the, do the backup, right? That that was the whole impetus. That yeah, no, I'm just talking about today. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, I'm just yes. talking that the system worked this time. The the origin of the, of the system was a technical difficulty, not a, uh, a user error. Yeah, just I mean, listen to like episode all, four on our I'm Patreon. Saying, all I'm saying is, I don't think this is a demonstration of the system working. If Connor had, if there was an issue with his recording, and it was like, oh no, we I mean, need the backup. Would... But yes, if the that... backup fails, then it doesn't matter because the primary recording is what we would be using anyways. I mean, I'm treating them as like parody, oh, oh, near parody. So if if I don't have the brain power for this today. Um, so so you're saying that your recording and Connor's recording are of like equal merit. Close to equal. I know Connor's has the has the music singers pre baked in, um, but the I, I mean the whole idea is that my recording could be used in the event that Connor's computer completely shits itself or something like that. Yes. So that what I'm saying is I've been treating it like I, using the same quality. That I mean the the levels might be a little different because uh, I don't know what Connor uses to judge the levels and. Just his own ears. Yeah, he no. This his elf ears. <laughs> I mean, the pointy ones. I think we're too Irish to be elves, but uh, uh leprechaun ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do leprechauns exist in in Middle Earth? Not that we know of yet. Huh. I don't think so. They should. But yeah, my I whole point. My whole do. point. My whole point is we have the recording now. 
And it's a good thing we have two recordings going or else it, my failure to start would have been a problem. Yeah, regardless of, of which one is the master recording, which one is the backup, it is, it's, it's good that we have both. Thank you. The yes. system works. Yes. This system works. Not the system. <laughs> <laughs> this this system works. <laughs> and uh, okay. let's see where this this chapter we... leaves off. Um... Nothing will fundamentally change. Oh, actually, this that's true uh, about this system and the system. <laughs> this I even went a little bit ahead because this chapter ends with them falling asleep at the inn, and then we don't even really get their departure or anything else until the the next chapter. So I even kind yep. of merged some of that a bit. Okay, um, so that, yeah. that really just ends there when they're going to sleep, and Mary's like, "Oh man, the cow jumped over the moon. Should have been there for that one. That sounds like it yep. was a riot." Okay, so right off the bat. I was absolutely right about Strider. I was kind of wrong about Butterbur. I, I was wrong yes. about Butterbur, not just kind of. I last last episode I said Strider was uh, hired by Gandalf, and Butterbur was bribed by the Black Riders. Turns out they were both hired by Gandalf. Uh, just one of them's an idiot, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Strider had to be the backup. Kind the thing like the that you were also <laughs> that's right. The thing you were also right about, Josh, that I took a note on here was um, that the figure jumping over the gate. Yeah, I took I a note like, on that too. Yeah, I was like, "There's no way that's Strider. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's got to be a Black yeah. Rider." No, it was Strider. Yep. Yeah. Uh, where? What was my original note? Um, so, but that is my first note of the chapter. Is uh, ah, so it was Str Strider was the man over the hedge. Yeah. Uh, but what was my original guess for the? I showed Connor my notes on on Friday when we did when he came over. He said it was too colorful. Yeah, it's 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 very distracting. I mean, it, it I, it's. I, I mean, part of it is just that. Um, that's the color that the sticky notes came in four colors, and whenever I run out of one color, I just switch to the next one. They're, so there's no color bursting. coding. They're bursting out of your your book. Where is the the part with the? Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm towards I'm, the beginning of the chapter. If that's what you're wondering, because it's also my first note in chapter ten. Oh no, no, I'm looking at like chapter eight and nine for the, when they mention the uh, the guy over the hedge. Um. Oh, I don't really know where that's going to be. Do you guys want to know point. who who I picture as uh, Strider? Maybe I you know write what, it down. Maybe what, it's just something else. Is there should only be one person that you're picturing? So oh, yeah, I'd love to hear. Yeah, I'd love to hear who you're thinking you of. You know what? I may. Sorry, I may not have written it down. That may have just been something I guessed in the. Well, I'm assuming that it's it's podcast. somebody in the movie, right? It's an actor of the movie. That's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just I'm just being silly. Of um, course, you could think of anyone. Well, for the person that I I picture as uh, Strider is Mike from Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> You just picture everything that that Strider says to me, Mike. <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, I I can like see that like he'd be a great because like he's always like kind of exasperated, just yeah. stringing you know dragging along yeah. all these idiots. You know, exactly, he's yeah. like the super expert. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he's got to take care of all. He's like babysitting. You know, exactly, and just 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 the way he talks too. You know, his his uh you know, kind of serious way about him, but can kind of be cheeky sometimes too, a little bit. 
Yeah. Little glints oh of uh, humor shine through. Right. Frodo. Yes. All you gotta do is take the ring exactly. <laughs> to Rivendell. Yes. It could have been so simple. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah. It, it's just funny because, um, you know, he's just like really handsome. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like Viggo Mortensen. And, yeah. Uh, in the films, and I, I feel, you know, they say that he looks kind of, like, dirty and disgusting they do, here. They yeah. But just because, like, he's on the road so much, like, I think you're you're still supposed to kind of have the impression that he's, like, a, a typically handsome person who's just, like, really grimy looking. I think. But, you know, maybe know my thoughts get are kind of colored the by, the, by the movie. Well, I, honestly, I get it from... Um, there, there's a section I, I, where I feel like in, in the poem like in the little song where but i i guess i guess not really i think i am kind of bringing where, in my where, own stuff where, where you know they're they're saying that like after a few days on the road you'll all look like him or whatever and then they're like no like that's, gonna, that's gonna take a long time you yeah. know because yeah, we're, that part we're not that ugly <laughs> yeah i think they just meant like weather worn and not just like a little dirty from a few days travel. Mm. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Strider is just kind of gross. <laughs> Fine. Um, not a bad thing, you know. All all that glitters is not gold. You know, like Smash Mouth once said. Or wait a minute. Wait, they said all that glitters is gold. All that, all, all that is gold does not glitter. Oh my god, <laughs> that's the fucking poem from the letter. Yeah, no, I'm, talking, I'm talking about All Star. What are you talking? I about? I know, I know, but that same, that same sentiment. All that is gold does not glitter. It's, it's flipped around, but it's the same sentiment. It's the same meaning. They got it from the Smash Mouth. Are you, are you trying to say that Smash Mouth? No, ripped off Lord of the Rings. So the one of around. my notes was that. So jumping ahead here. <laughs> I guess in Gandalf's sure, letter, he, he provides a verse to help identify Strider as the real Strider. And I was reading this on Sunday and I just wrote the note down. I've heard this before, like this poem or prophecy or whatever it's supposed to be like the, the verse that Gandalf gave him. And it wasn't the, all that gold, all that is gold does not glitter. I got that was like, I, I know I heard that elsewhere, but it just, you just now, like, made that connect to Smash Mouth in my head. I was like, oh, man. Um, but not all those who wander are lost. Uh, what is the other one that really stuck out to me? Uh, I bet you he got that from a bumper sticker. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's very true. I probably saw that one all over the internet. Yeah, no, that that's a really famous... Uh, especially, like, um, just, like, a bunch of fucking losers on Tumblr, like posting like pictures with a, like a grainy filter of like a forest and it'd be like yep. not all those who wander are lost that that yeah. was tumblr like 15 years ago and like i think now it's like pinterest and facebook okay i mean i don't i don't i don't necessarily mean now but like yeah that's that's what it made me think of that's yeah. the evolution yeah. of the of of that kind of posting yeah but that um that's tolkien right there baby he made mithril and he made a whole bunch of fucking losers post dumb shit on the internet. Yeah, so. I mean, he's he's really doing this for all the wine moms out there. <laughs> I mean, you could say that about any part of Lord of the Rings. Sort of. Yeah. Not just not just the the wine mom 
sayings. The live, laugh, love crowd. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I was reading through my notes when you guys were talking a moment ago, and uh, I, I have... I know I said it at the beginning when we started talking about this chapter, but I have just like a progression of notes of like, uh, so Strider still seems to be on his own mission. Uh, and the landlord was asked by Gandalf to deliver a letter like three months ago. Yes. And then, and the note under that is maybe Strider was Gandalf's backup plan. Um, to, to, can we, before we go to the next one, cause one of my notes was about that. Oh, no. uh, and then, like, at, the, at the, the letter, when you actually read the letter, it's like, oh, yeah, Strider was the backup plan. I got it. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. There's that. And then, um, so Gandalf was in Bree three months ago. I mean, yep. like, it's interesting just to know his location and the time frame there because. Um, so it's the beginning it's been of a lot. It's been a lot longer since they've seen Gandalf now. Right. So it's this is the start of October, right? Um, yeah, they right. do mention that. So that would mean Gandalf was here at the beginning of July. Yes. And so when he sends the letter, he's like, you guys need to leave by the end of July yep. at the latest. <laughs> but we know that they don't leave until September, September 22nd. Yep. Butterbear really screwed this shit up and a half. <laughs> Yeah. This has been a week and a half. The adventure's a week and a half old. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So um, I don't know. I just I just thought that that was interesting. Like it, you know, Gandalf's yeah, no. like, "You better get the fuck out of there immediately." And it's like, "Oh well, we left months late, and yeah. that's why things are so bad right now." <laughs> yeah. The, the the bartender's like, "Yeah, I'll get it." I'll... Oh, I know what it was. That's what this note was about. Um, he is explaining it. Uh. But I didn't keep it back a purpose. I put it by a safe. Then I couldn't find nobody willing to go to the Shire next day, nor the day after, and none of my own folk were to spare. And then one thing after another drove it out of my mind. I'm a busy man. <laughs> I'll do what I can to set matters right and blah, blah, blah. But I just wrote a note there. It's like, man, I just, I feel that sentiment so much. I actually was going to say, it sounds like something I would say. Yeah. It sounds like just, an excuse, I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. On the other side, it sounds like those rooms they were in that he had ready for them when they just showed up, the Hobbit rooms, were just kind of like prepared like three months ago and were just always available. Um, I mean, yeah, it sounds like the rooms are built for Hobbits, but it sounds like they were prepared for them specifically like three months ago and just like kept in reserve. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I didn't really get anything to give me that impression but um i mean right at that, that point i think he mentions uh uh where is it i mean we know that they have hobbits in town and who visit so uh, it's not weird for them to have like hobbit rooms right no that's what i'm saying like it, it's not weird that they have the rooms but i'm saying like those rooms specifically were made up and like reserved for them where did i get that from Oh, is this the one where it came before? Well, I just think I, it's I, that. Yeah, no, I can't, find, I can't find the exact, the exact passage to uh, back up my claim there, but... Uh, I think it's just that there are both hobbits and other kinds of folk 
Yeah, no, in, I get that. In the town, but but there's more, but but there's fewer hobbits, so those rooms are pretty much uh, you you know usually they're available. It could so be it's a safe bet that they're that they're yeah. gonna have those rooms open. Yeah, it, it could easily be that. But I I got the impression on it on Sunday when I was reading it that the rooms had been set aside for them specifically on Gainus' request. That's all I'm saying, and I can't find well, the passage to back the thing it up. Is, so, Josh, I hear you, but. My understanding is that, so in Bree, we know that there's like a population of uh, the big folk I know. and little folk. I know. They have like the big people. I know. And uh, you ever see little people, big world? It's kind of like that. Like they're living together, you know. And now the and hobbits so it's, are it's the not weird. Ones. It's not weird for them to have like rooms set up for hobbits, you know. So I think that they're just like were hobbit rooms because Bree is a place where there can be like, like I, I big folk that. and little folk. And even though that, you know, the the whole rest of the inn was sold out, you know, <laughs> hobbits don't usually come to the inn. So those rooms are usually vacant. So it's just, it, it, it just kind of, I, made, I, just kind of I, worked I don't, out. The thing is, is, you know, and not to, we'll, we'll move on, but just to throw my hand in the ring here, I agree with Connor. Oh, you know what? I think I, think I, just, what, I, think I, think I got what Connor no, saying. No, no, no. Hold like, on. So there's, there's like, there's so, the thing is, Bree's special because like hobbits and big people like live together. They live together in like the, in like the same place. The hobbits you know? are the little ones. There's like the little ones, hobbits. They call them yes. the little people, and then there's like the big folk, the big boys. Um, they call them. They're not just like bigger hobbits. They're different. You know, they're like yeah people. They're uh, the race of actual men. people. So. Like the ones so that exist Bree, in real life. it's like there's like people, there's like people, and there's hobbits like living together. And since this is like an inn in Bree, like it's not not out of the question, not out of the realm of possibility for them to have like hobbit rooms. Exactly. And I like, think I think that's what you were trying to say, right? It Connor? is precisely. Okay, now you're harping on since that. Since there are more humans in Bree than hobbits, uh, right. it makes sense that the human human portions of the inn would be. Um, you know, occupied while the Hobbit ones would be vacant. Those would be more, more, yeah, more likely more to be occupied. Big people than little people, which are the Hobbits, which have that the makes Hobbit a lot ones. of that makes a yeah. lot of sense. And just yeah. for the record, I I agree with Connor. I like what Connor's saying about that. I I could be playing Star Wars right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what I may Someone's have gotten that notion from. I I think I may have gotten that notion from. Um, Gandalf, when he's recounting what Gandalf said to him, Butterbur said, Gandalf said that, do whatever you can for him and I'll be grateful. I may have just gotten it from that. That's the only part that I could read while you guys were ranting on about that little whatever that was. Um, I was just saying that I agree. I liked what Connor had to say. Okay, we don't have to start it again. Please, I don't have the mental capacity for this. Basically, what I was saying was that um, Hobbit. Yeah, can you you clarify, Connor? Because I feel like Josh, I think... Okay. okay. Well, that, was, that wasn't Elvis, the right move. Elvis has left the building. <laughs> this is the second time in Chapter Jumps history. Okay. Okay, he's back. Sorry, there, okay. buddy. Well, I I explained it thoroughly enough, so we can move on now. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that sounds good. Thank you. That sounds good. Um, what I what I want to touch on here, um, so, um. Let's talk about Gandalf's letter. Let's go to Gandalf's letter. Okay. Um, 
for me, I'm on page 182. <clears throat> um, I just thought it was funny that Gandalf has three postscripts. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just feel like that's that's another. It's just like a small telling little detail about his character and like. And, he's, and he signs it like four times with his little he, rune symbol thing. Yeah, each time, right? Yeah. I actually, it's funny because like you know we know that Gandalf is you know super smart and capable, also a bit of like an asshole. Um, something <laughs> yeah, about something about this letter just made me think that like his his brain is like just a bunch of bees. You know, like he's like a super <laughs> genius, but like. Nothing's really ordered up there. It's like everything at once, you know? Um, yep. That's what this letter makes me think of. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, that was the, the the third postscript that we didn't touch on. Actually, the first one, but I forgot it. Um, he says, do not use the ring again for any reason whatsoever. Yes. And do not travel at night. How did he yes. know? How did he know? He he knows a lot. He knew Frodo would, would would have been tempted enough to put it on at least once. I think. Yeah. Um, or or he knew he he could have just predicted that 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 scenario in in the bar room there would have uh, <laughs> brought about all the circumstances required to, <laughs> for it to happen. I don't know. Oh my god! Do you guys do you uh, I, just from being like on Twitter enough, or I guess maybe just on the the internet in general? Um, you, you ever see people use that thumbnail where it's um uh from uh the the Batman movie with the Riddler and it's like he's making that face and it goes does he know cuz they're making fun of like stupid YouTube thumbnails but it would be like no. it would be like Gandalf's uh like beard and hat over I'm going to do that yeah, it's going to be a fun one. I I I think I I know cuz I you know I myself have been on Twitter um a you, fair amount yes. A fair yes. amount of time. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I do believe I've seen that. Um, I'm gonna do that it. Image. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get around to it. You know. I think. But yeah. So, so Frodo, uh, Gandalf's like Frodo. Don't wear the ring. We know that going into, uh, you know, we've already read chapter, chapter eleven. Um, he wears the ring. He puts it on. Um, so we, we're going to have some more to talk about there. Like, you know, no surprise. Yep. Obviously, Frodo is going to wear the ring. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's it, and it's kind of funny to see it treated with like this kind of gravitas about it again. Because we were kind of laughing about, you know, just the chapters we were reading with Tom Bombadil. And he's like, hey, let me see the ring. You know, yeah. whoop-dee-doo, zoop-a-dee-dee. You know, he's like singing his dumb little songs and playing around and Gandalf is like, do not under any fucking circumstances even talk about it. <laughs> so we're back to that now. Yeah. Also make sure it's the real strider. Um, and I hope this letter gets to you promptly. <laughs> oh, right. He says, uh, or what, or he'll roast him. If 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 he oh, yeah. had yes, meaning yes. Butterbur, I shall roast him. And my mind just immediately I was like the comedy central roast of Barleyman Butterbur. <laughs> Which I believe Strider already gets a head start on with uh uh the, when he first like pops into Butterbur's conversation. Uh what does he say? What does he say? I'm looking at it. Um Fuck, where is it? Well, it, damn it! Keep looking. If you can't find yeah. it, 
But I, I remember what you're talking about too. Um, he's not really shy oh, yeah. about. Oh, a fat a fat innkeeper who only remembers his own name because people shouted shouted at him all day. Yeah, that was pretty harsh. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a rough one. Uh, yeah. So um, so anyways, we we got news of Gandalf, and yeah, he. He tells us about uh, Strider. His true name is Aragorn. Yes. Is that name familiar to you at all, Connor? Yeah, I've heard it before. Yeah. Pretty famous dude, Aragorn. It sounds like it should yep. be a, like you know a spider. It sounds like it's a spider's name or something. You're thinking of the spider from Chamber of Secrets, right? Oh Probably. yeah, Aragog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yes, yep. I am. Yes. Um. That it's was a good, actually a funny connection, though. That was actually the name of the uh, the person I wrote down a couple chapters ago when we were talking about Tom Bombadil. Uh, oh yeah. Um. Uh, uh, mentioning kings and descendants of kings. Right, but we don't really so, know, you know, his deal. It's like yeah, who knows? He's a, he's a wanderer. So, uh, but that was the name I wrote down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, gotcha. What? What? Oh, we also get our first talk of Mordor in about 150 pages, by my count. Yours is probably <clears> a little smaller since I'm I'm apparently 40 pages ahead of you. Gotcha. Uh, um, but yes, Mordor is a big deal. Yep. Uh, I had to go back. It's like, is this the first time we're hearing about Mordor? And it's like, no, there's something way earlier. Thankfully, I took a note of it. Like, here's the first time we mentioned Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think it's the first time we heard that the Black Riders are specifically from Mordor. Yeah, I think it is too. In fact, uh, uh, Aragorn slash Strider has a few interesting things to say about the Black Riders. But actually, I think that's a little bit more in uh, the next chapter as well. So uh, we'll just we'll yeah. talk about that when we get to that point. Also, a, there's a, yes, yes. There's a point where uh, Strider just suddenly starts talking in the third person. And I found he that does odd. refer to himself as Strider, yeah. <laughs> and And like... Will you have him? Is at the end of that. It, it's towards the beginning of the chapter. It's like, why is Strider talking about himself in the third person? Strider asks himself. <laughs> third person. I'm just going through my notes. I, I think he too um, thinks of Strider as like a, a separate persona. You know, That's something that he's pretending to be and, and not really himself. Yeah, it made me think of uh, uh, an anime where there's a character who's refers to themselves uh, in the third person quite often, like in every sentence. And I use themselves because it is literally a plural, but it's the same character. It's, it's enemies weird sometimes. <laughs> um, Gotta love Naruto. No, not that. Wasn't that show? Boruto? No. I'm trying There's to go nothing wrong with watching Bordeaux. A lot, a lot of people are really into Bordeaux these days. I'll take your word for it. Not my cup of tea. Um, What's that show about? <clears throat> Do you know Naruto? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Bardo's dad. <laughs> I know Naruto's the memes. Brother? <laughs> yeah. So Bordeaux is like Naruto's brother, um, baby. Oh, okay. He has his own show. You yeah. want to? Do you want a really awful cool. comparison? 
No, this, never mind. It doesn't work. And it's just too awful to mention. I'm kind of curious now, though. I was going to describe it as Scrub Season 9, but for anime. No, I think that's... I mean... Yeah, but I don't think it works because I, I don't I don't I haven't seen any of these shows. I don't really know. I was just going to make a joke and then realized, eh, that's well, not worth it. The only difference is that JD's baby doesn't grow up to be a ninja. <laughs> but otherwise, it's pretty close. Did you not watch the entire season, Connor? Because that does. I must, have, I must have missed the last part. Yeah, I didn't. By the, I really did not ever watch all of Scrub season. Yeah, nine, well, you're so. in for a treat. <laughs> Yeah, where do you think Boruto came from, right? Uh huh. <laughs> where, where do you think they got the idea for Boruto? <sighs> okay, um, Connor, so, yeah. tell me, uh, give us, give us your general thoughts on this chapter here. The conversation, you know, it's like we we get the whole talk with Strider, we get the whole talk with Butterbur, we get the letter with Gandalf. Yeah, people are worried about the Black Riders. Um, is there anything you wanted to like, uh, you know? Um, talk about in, in that regard i you know all that i'll say is that i uh i did have a lot of fun reading i mean reading both chapters um today i thought both of these chapters were really good um and this was just a fun you know just kind of fun kind of everybody being at uh at odds with each other and then realizing they're kind of all on the same side um it was good uh learning more about um Strider, I I like um, Butterbur's, you know, wackiness, scatterbrainedness. I like I like getting word from Gandalf. It you know is we're overdue for a Gandalf update. It also mm-hmm. makes makes his whereabouts and uh, in current circumstances more uh, potentially dire. You know, I mean, they talk about it more in the next chapter, but um, with this letter, it it's also kind of urgent and frantic, and seems like he's not, you know, or he's dealing with something right now that is not good and is changing his plans. And uh, so, so yeah, that kind of furthers the mystery and um, makes you, yeah, worry for Gandalf and worry for the crew because now they are kind of behind schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was a lot of fun, and 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 then, uh, you know, I like them kind of camped out, guarding the doors overnight, and and you know, I like a uh, uh, Strider kind of um, like making up a uh, fake Hobbit, you know, like like look like in the bed with with uh, like pillows and stuff or whatever, just to fool the the intruders. Yeah, uh, that 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 was pretty funny. Um, yeah. It was a good, it was a good chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and I, it's a good point to bring up too about, um, <clears throat> you know, Gandalf's letter also being a signifier for like, you know, more concern for Gandalf, and also like, yeah, you know, there's reasons for why he wasn't where he he said he was going to be, you know, like, um, which, which was obvious, right? It's like you would hope if you're like months late and, and not where you said you were going to be like, you know, the, 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 there's a reason for it. Yeah. Um, but now we're kind of getting some more, some more answers or some more clues about that. So, um, I like that too. I like the whole Gandalf thing building in the background. Um, and it kind of makes me think like, you know, as we were reading through the Hobbit, Gandalf's presence was so, crucial to like that feeling of safety 
you know, when Gandalf left in The Hobbit just before the Mirkwood, it was like, oh, this is like really bad. You know, we're about to do something really daunting and dangerous. Yeah. And like our only source of like actual safety, you know, is like being being taken away from us because he thinks we're annoying and he has he has better stuff to do. Um, and so, you know, here it's like Gandalf doesn't even really get to set out on the journey with them. And and so what I mean is, like, I think it's interesting, like, um, Tolkien is sort of having another character fulfill that role. Like, I, I feel like we really get that feeling with Strider, again, particularly in the next chapter. But it's like, you know, the Hobbits are kind of just scraping by with this this really dangerous threat on their tail. And, like, they finally have someone who's, like, truly formidable, you know, like, kind of leading them and helping them along. And um, I like that Strider kind of fills that role, but, you know, he's not as, like, nurturing. You know, he's a bit more gruff and yeah. sarcastic. And, you know, mm -hmm. so he's been, like, a funny character to have as, like, the the current leader of, like, the band right it's now. It's funny because it, it seems like we keep on getting a replacement. Like, we, we, we go through replacement, um, you know, Gandalfs, and, and they all have their own styles. You have Strider, you have you have Tom Bombadil. Um, then before that, like, even the guy um, that, you know, with, with the dogs that... that Oh, yeah, Frodo uh, the farmer... afraid of, yeah. Uh, farther, uh, farmer... Uh, it was like gr grub or yeah. yeah. It was a, it was a name you wouldn't want to be a farmer. Maggot. 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 Yes, yes. Yep. There's like all yeah. these kind of like father figure stand-ins, you know, like <laughs> yeah. Before we get to Gandalf and and uh, you know, I, I I think it's interesting and it, it makes me think like, well, is by the end of this is like is is Frodo going to be that person himself? You know, like yeah. That, so, uh, well. We'll see. And also, like, when are we actually going to get some Gandalf action? Is, you know, is, is it going to be this book? Is it going to be next book? I, you know, when are we going to actually see the man again? Yeah, very true. It's, it's interesting. I like the question you're asking, too. It's like, is Frodo going to grow into that, um, you know, capable leader himself? Yeah. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like that was true of Bilbo by the end of The Hobbit? Um, you know, I, I don't think he got to, he, he didn't get to a, a Gandalf, uh, point or even a Tom Bombadil point, but I mean, he certainly was much more confident and more of a leader of, of the gang, um, by the end of it. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I hope, uh, I hope Frodo can, I mean, he's, he's been doing a great job himself, but he does tend to let, you know, the, uh, the experts take the lead when he um you know meets up with them um so right. it'll, it'll be interesting to see if that ever changes if if he kind of uh takes it on himself at some point yeah yeah we have a lot of journey still ahead of us so yeah. um to, to think about how that might change the characters and particularly frodo yeah, something sure. to keep an eye on um Josh, is there anything else you wanted to mention about chapter 10 here? Um, actually, yeah, there was, I noticed at the end that, uh, when they're talking about them going to sleep, they, uh, fuck, uh, 
Peering out, Frodo saw the night was still clear. The sickle was swinging bright above the shoulders of Bree Hill. And the hobbit's name... There's a little star there for a footnote. And it says, the hobbit's name for the plow with the great bear. Which is just a reminder that I actually must have needed. Because I completely forgot that Middle-earth is supposed to be our Earth. But, like, you know, long, long time ago. Uh, not in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> but uh, it... Like the constellations are the same, and I, I think I commented on the constellations earlier, uh, but I don't think it was ex- explicitly pointed out which ones they were supposed to represent. No, that was during um, when just after Frodo and the other hobbits set out, and mm-hmm. um, they met up with the elves and Gildor, and like they they had You're to right. like watch the constellations to like find the forest party. You're right. But um, but, but yeah, they, I, don't, I don't I don't think they likened it to a, a real constellation. But yeah, that, that's a good. Yeah, point. they. I think I think he mentioned that they were. He put some like backstory in them. I was like, oh look, there's some world building on constellations. I like that. But no, this one this time it's just like, yeah, no, it's a fucking big dipper. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that um, uh, is that what the plow or the great bear is? The big dipper. There's a major. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um. I think the plow is a more traditionally North American name, like the the Native Americans. Or I may be wrong with that. I mean, um, I I don't know. I I was just curious. Um, but yeah, but but the rest of my note here is it's neat to accomplish this reminder with the uh, name of a constellation, but it felt a little clunky putting it in a footnote. So yeah, yeah, especially you know now that you mention it, I don't think there was a footnote the other time a constellation was mentioned. No, there wasn't. That's, so that's kind of like, my point. Yeah. Um, why here and not there? Or, But, I mean, but yeah, you're right. Um, I remember we were, I think maybe even something about the prologue, like when we first started talking about this, there was something that made it really clear that Middle-Earth is the, like, distant, ancient past of, of Earth, of our Earth. Yes. Because I remember, I remember going, like, isn't it crazy that... Um, you know, we read Dune, which is about, like, the crazy, super, insanely far future, you know, not of Earth, but of, like, you know, but Earth is a part of their past. Like, it's a real part of the Dune lore. And then yep. here we have, uh, yeah, the far-flung past. So right. I, I and like in between we read The Hitchhiker's Guy, which is the, the, the now. That's true. It's all the same <laughs> universe. We've, we all have gone... <laughs> We have gone from the future uh, and and ever onwards into the past. And, and then we'll, actually, a little bit time. We'll, I was gonna say next, in, we'll probably end up reading Star Wars, which is even further back in the past. Yes, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it all relates. I was actually gonna say, um, it, it uh, le- starting from Dune, going to Hitchhikers, going to. Uh, Lord of the Rings, it's a constant progression from the future to the past. But then I was like, well, that's not true in Hitchhikers because things get timey-wimey there, too. Oh, yeah, that is true. Yep. But um, that that is kind of a funny through line, in a way, thinking about the, <laughs> the books that we've been reading. I like that idea. And in fact, um, before we go on to chapter 11, unless you know we want to mention anything else, since you brought up join, the constellations and Gildor... Join, join us next time when we read the uh, the uh, Epic of Gilgamesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, 
Can't wait. We all got our copies of uh, the Rosetta Stone, too, all lined up. <laughs> a lot of great things for us to read. Um, but I, I was going to say, talking about the Constellations, the Elf Party, Gildor, Strider, Aragorn, we'll just go back and forth. Aragorn mentions that it was Gildor who informed him that Gandalf was missing and that Frodo was on his way. Oh, right, the elves. Yeah, sorry, I was like, who the fuck is Gildor? <laughs> I, right. Well, the thing is, I was confused, too, because because Strider just says Gildor. He's He, he mentions, I think it's when he's talking about him they explaining that he was the person going over the gate and, like, all this and how he yeah. knew to be on the lookout. And, and that actually goes back to, right, it's like not only does Gandalf give Strider a heads up, but also he was like especially on the lookout because he got the warning from Gildor. So yes. I actually I like that um when Frodo talks to Gildor in that beginning chapter, you know, Gildor's like, oh yes, I'll send word to like the others, you know, to to aid you in whatever way they can. And honestly, I just thought that was like, you know, elf manners for like when when people say like Oh yeah, I'm doing fine. How are you? But like, they don't really care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I thought it was just like a nicety. But there, there, there has been like already, you know, several consequences of that moment where it's like, oh yeah, that's how this character knows. Um, I kind of like that. That 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 feels connected. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so. Um, Would we like to continue on to chapter 11, A Knife in the Dark? Onward and upwards. I, yeah, I think I'm ready to move on. Actually, okay. um, I'm going to go take a pee. So we'll take a quick five. Type five. Here we go. All right. Can you get your, that data from the car real quick? No, I can't. I need, I need I'll, data. I'll grab that for you tomorrow, my friend. I need data. Oh, we're just back into it, huh? We're just back into it. Kitty. Okay, we're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about... Chapter 11, A Knife in the Dark, um, which has caused me to have uh, Nights in the Dark by California X stuck in my head like all day. <laughs> so that's that's been cool. So first note, before we get started, before you go into your full recap, um, I think this is the first scene that the beginning of this chapter is the first scene uh, to like break away from the ring bearers. Like, entirely? Yep. Like, Bilbo and Frodo's perspective from any of the books that we've read so far? Yes. Because, I mean, sometimes it'll be like, oh, we're going to talk about, like, Smog's perspective. Um, or, like, like try to, like, explain, like, what's going on ahead. But, no, this is, like, following a completely different character at a completely different location that has nothing to do with what the party's currently doing. Well, it has yeah, something I, to do I with what they're doing, but it's, but it's like, it's... It, it's an actual like scene change to somebody else and and the the other people aren't about to walk in and that I think that's the first I think this is the first for Lord of the Rings so yeah um, as far as I can remember I think you're right about that too Josh and it feels only fitting that that honor is bestowed upon none other than fatty Bolger who second note, was actually kind of useful. 
Yeah, I mean, we all swore up and down that he was just going to get fucking killed by the Black Riders. I thought he, I thought we were going to come back at the end of Return of the King or whenever they ret- they make it back to the Shire, and he would just be a fucking skeleton in the burned out husk of a, the house or something. I don't know. But no, yeah. he. Uh, why don't you go into your 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 recap here, and we'll find out how he was an adequate meat shield for once. Yeah, um, so like Josh is saying, it, it starts with um, with Fatty Bulger. Um, he, he has this sense of like dread and terror all day, and then as night falls, um, you know, he, he realizes that he's being watched by the shadows, by the Black Riders, and he, he um, sounds the alarms which spreads throughout the town and um, seems to, you know, not only alert everyone to the presence of the Black Riders, but also kind of dissuade the Black Riders from attacking. Um, you know, they they seem to be very formidable, but, like, if, if you're, like, too aware of them, it's like they lose their power, you know? Um, hmm. We're going to talk a little bit more about... Yeah, no, that's an interesting concept that I don't think I picked up on. Well, I don't think it's exactly that simple either, but um, but Aragorn does have something interesting, very interesting to say at the end of this chapter about the Black Riders, and um, once we get to that paragraph, I think we can kind of connect it back to this and think about, like, you know, what is the strength of the Black Riders, but also, like, what is their weakness, you know? And I, I do think that's kind of tied up in in what happens here. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, yeah, Fatty Bolger escapes. He, like, runs out the back door of Frodo's house. So I guess for the time being, it's unguarded. And also, presumably, like, people are kind of aware, I think because of this event, that Frodo's not living there, too. Like, no one comments on that. Like, it doesn't matter. But I do kind of feel like it's like the jig is up, you know? It, you know, the cover's blown. It's like, okay, but but who cares? We don't really know where Fatty goes. But um, but he he escapes, as far as we can tell. So maybe he will return as a skeleton later on in the story. Maybe. I mean, I really don't have a lot of faith a in, big in him skeleton. surviving. But, yeah. Oh, good uh, South so- Park reference, Josh. Nice. No, I was, I, that was not a South Park reference. I'm not fat. I'm just big bad. Okay. I, I was just going to say, like... That's, totally. what, that's what Cartman no. says. I'm okay. not fat. I'm just big bad. Right? Yeah, I felt Cart- like that was Cartman. a thing before South Park, but my point Is was, like... Is that what you were doing, or...? No. Okay, sorry, Josh. Go on. I was going to say, like, Tolkien would probably be, like... They'd show up and you'd be like, yeah, this skeleton is just like super, super big bone. This must have been fatty. <laughs> yes. Something to that to that effect. Yeah. And Connor, I would like to reiterate that we joke said? about Tolkien being fat phobic. What would but... Cartman said, Connor? Screw you guys. I'm going to Mordor. <laughs> nice. It's all in good fun. Connor, what? <laughs> Connor, what would Stewie Griffin say? (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> what the? What the deuce? <laughs> there we go. What the deuce? Why is this what broke you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's been a while, huh? Boy. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. That was funny. <sighs> okay. So, so anyways... Then we cut back to um, we cut back to the gang. Frodo, uh, what? He he wakes up right. This is this is where we get the whole like they're leaving from Bree. Yep. They have to go through the. They they realize what happened throughout the night. Like Josh mentioned, the the Black Riders. They went into the Hobbit rooms. Um, destroyed the the decoys, decoys ransacked yep. the rooms, and then they even they they let all the ponies loose so they don't have their ponies. Um, we're gonna have to talk about that because Tom Bombadil gets thrown back into the mix, yep. pony related. Like we're just gonna I have, have a note to on mention that. that, but but let's continue for right now. Um, and so it's like. Okay, uh, I, I I I guess I just thought it was funny that at, at this point. It's like, it's like, whoa, the Black Riders really mean business. But it's like, so they just like, what, stab through the windows and, you know, <laughs> they, they go to the stables and they're like, oh, we're going to open up the doors and let all the ponies free. It's like, dude, you were 10 feet away from them. Like, I got, um, the, I got the feeling that them sneaking into the room where nobody could hear them. And, and making the assassination attempt was the big thing. I feel like the ponies thing was either they broke out by themselves out of fear, just from the presence of the Black Riders, or that Fernie guy who's working with them, uh, who turns out to be a real piece of work, as one of my notes attests to, yeah. um, may have just let them out and just stole one of them. Maybe. Uh, I did or kind no, of... The, the, what the, the other guy he was working with, from the, the people who came up from the South, the the guy that was nobody's friend is like the only description we got from it. Uh, he stole yes. a horse. Yes, that's true. Um, it could be. Yeah. The impression I got was like, they knew that they didn't kill them, obviously. So it's like, Oh, if they're going to leave the next day, we might as well just make it as difficult for them as possible. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it, it's not clear. So it could be any number of, of people working together to, to just, you know, fuck their shit up. Um, but anyways, you know, they, they make it through the night um, safe from the Black Riders. And then the next morning, they kind of have to deal with the fallout. They do get uh, just one very sick, weak, you know, not big boned pony. Um, <laughs> and uh, from uh, from what Billy Fern, who's who's also like a piece of work. Yeah, just a real yeah. shithead. Um, but whatever. So they, they set out on their journey. Aragorn mentions the plan is um, they're going to make it look like they're going to Archette because they know that they've caused a whole ruckus. People are watching them. But then he knows his ranger paths and they're really trying to go to... Um, I have to look again. Was it called the Weathering Hill? Something like that. Uh, the Weathertop. 
the Weathertop, which is uh, roughly halfway between the Shire, where obviously they started their journey, and Rivendell. Yep. What oh, is yeah. now proposed to be the end of their journey? Yep. I I made the same the same note on that. It's just based off the maps, that's the halfway point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they actually mention that in the text, though. Like, I think Aragorn says something like that it's about the halfway point. But I, I did end up checking the map more this time, and and I was like, oh yeah, like that's cool. I see yeah, that. I, yeah, I figured it out from the map. I, if there was text, I missed it somehow. Gotcha. But um, so so yeah, they before they make it there, they they kind of wander through the woods a bit more. They have to go through this marshland, which is really annoying. But eventually, they do make it to the Weathertop, which is um, a very prominent hill in this otherwise very flat area. And there was an ancient watchtower built on it, which is now, you know, just just gone. It's just a ring of stones on the ground. And the idea is either they'll be able to meet Gandalf there, or they can just kind of get a better like lay of the land and maybe just like see like it's a good vantage point to just see what's up for the rest yep. of their journey. But they're hoping to meet Gandalf there. They don't. Um, and as they set up camp, the Black Riders again they they see them from the top. The Black Riders show up. They uh, they make a stand, and during this um, little skirmish between the Black Riders and the the gang, the party, Frodo puts on the ring. He's he's overcome with this feeling that he has to put on the ring. Um, and then that kind of leads to a scene that I think it'll be interesting to talk to or talk about a little bit more. But that's kind of where the chapter wraps up. We don't even really get a resolution to this battle. It's like oh, shit yeah. kind of goes down. Cliffhanger. They can still yeah. see him with the ring on? Yeah. Uh, it yeah. Sure looks it like seems it. like it. Yeah, well, what is this? Tom Bombadil? Are they all Tom <laughs> Bombadils? I know. It, yeah, if anything, I, I think it makes them lets them see him clearer. Or at least he can see them more clearly. So I, I, I get the feeling it's like reciprocal. Yeah. Um, uh, unless, well, I'd like to kind of go over the points before and then maybe we can kind of sort of wrap up with that with that scene. Um, yeah. But it, it is an interesting place to leave off of the chapter. But but essentially, yeah. So they, they go on their journey from Bree. They make it to the Weathertop. And the Black Riders are there. Um. <laughs> And they, they battle, they meet, and then we, we kind of leave off from there. What happens next, you know? War were declared. <laughs> um, Connor, how about you start us off this time? Um, this is, a, you know, more of an adventure chapter. The parts that really stick out to me um, were... The, you know, I like the scene where um, Sam kind of comes in unexpectedly with, uh, you know, quoting the um, text about what's his face? Gilgalad. Gil, yeah, Gilgalad. 
Um, okay. And then they oh, get yes. into it more at the, uh, at, you know, the when they get to the hill, whatever it's called. Um, I like that they kind of dive into the history and, you know, referencing Bilbo and, and, and how he apparently translated that text. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, it, it just it, it felt like kind of a culmination. Uh, I'm, I, it's, it's very, very thrilling now that we're finally getting kind of what seems to be a face-to-face conflict with, with the Black Riders. Mm, yes. Um, that's, that's the most exciting part to me. Um, I, I like, instead of kind of getting, uh, sucked into traps left and right, walking through the woods, they're, they're with somebody who knows, knows where to go. So, so even though, you know, they may have to, uh, may have to to sleep in a marsh and get bit by bugs, but they're not going to get, you know, sucked into a tree or accosted (laughs) by any, you know, spirit. So, so it's. So you know, it's 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 not just kind of roaming around the woods, getting trapped and getting freed over and over again. Which which you know, I mean, wasn't that that big of a deal, but it was just like uh, again, you know. Um, so I'm I'm happy that that they're with the pro here, and I think he adds a lot of context too. You know, just kind of recanting a lot of the uh, history of like the area and stuff. I thought I I, I like him as a character a lot, Strider. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, going off of your point about Strider slash Aragorn and um, his his knowledge of like lore, like that's brought up a few times where you know characters or I think even maybe just like the text itself kind of reflects on like um, you know how does this guy know all this? You know, like. Yep. He's not just some, some uh, you know, ruffian, you know, not just some scoundrel. Like, there's there's something else to this person where, um, you know, it'd be weird for him to know these things otherwise. Yeah. So I, I guess what I mean is, like, it kind of adds, like, a bit of a layer of mystery to him, too. Like, he's not just, like, the the dirty wanderer, you know, there's a, there's a little bit more to him as well. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like, even like kind of going off of that too, I have a note on here that I want to jump to based on that. I don't, I don't have a page number. I don't know where I was getting this from or, or why I was thinking about it, but just thinking about Strider and Gandalf's relationship is, is what it's about. And um, I think it's because when they make it to the Weathertop, Strider's like, oh, you know, this this rune uh, carved on this, this stone stood for G3. And we're a, sign that, we're a sign that Gandalf was here on October the 3rd. That was three days ago. Yes. And uh, so... I, my note for this is elementary, dear Watson. <laughs> But you know what I what I like about it, or or what what makes it feel a little bit less, um, just like hey, the plot necessitates this, or like isn't this convoluted? You know, we know that Aragorn is a ranger, and he's like, oh well, rangers also use like glyphs to communicate. Yep. So it's not out of the question to think that there is like a standardized shorthand glyph language. Mm-hmm. 
that you might use to, to communicate things like this. So the, the thing is, right, is he's like, well, because of that, I don't know if this is Gandalf or someone else. This might not have anything to do with us. Um, but what I want to stick on here for just a moment is Strider is like, well, let's assume it is Gandalf. I think it's Gandalf, he says, you know. Yep. What is the nature of their relationship? You know, like Gandalf's just friends with this guy. Um, I think they mentioned they they traveled together for a brief time after Gandalf left the Shire. Ex lovers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to accept either, but I, I really don't remember the book um, spending a lot of time talking about that. Josh, it, do you feel like that's what you were reading? It is briefly it, mentioned that that they did travel together um, at that point, but I I, I I wasn't under the impression that that's when they met. Yeah, like I, I, the book doesn't, the text doesn't talk about it very much at all. But I think there is a passing line where it's like, yeah, we, I traveled with Gandalf uh, shortly after he left the Shire uh, for like a few months, and then he uh, he asked me to watch out for you guys in case the whole like letter thing didn't go through, and then he something came up and he had to run. Hmm. Effectively, was the yeah. gist of it. I, I I was under the impression though um, that they have kind of a more long and hit and storied relationship to each other. Um, well, Gandalf's also just like super well known. Like everybody yeah. knows who Gandalf is to some degree. Like mm-hmm. the dwarves knew he like he he was known to the dwarves to the elves. Uh, the hobbits know who he is, and they don't care about anything that goes on outside the Shire. Ninety percent of the time. The funny thing is, is that like everyone who knows Gandalf, and it's a lot of people know Gandalf. Everyone who knows him thinks like that that they're best friends. You know, like yeah, like yeah. like oh, I have such a deep relationship Gandalf is with a social Gandalf. Butterfly. He is absolutely yeah. He he's like one of those people that kind of gives off that that you know the vibe like it's it's just you and me but in you know maybe he does value all these relationships equally but but he's but he's also a pedantic fuck well yeah yeah he you know he's a a social chameleon really Hmm. yeah i think that's that's more to it because i know what you mean connor um it does kind of feel like and i don't really have like things to pull from from the text here but but the impression that i get you know based off of all these people who kind of say those similar things like you're saying is you know he's kind of emotionally manipulative like i think yeah he he uses people you know not for like nefarious means like gandalf's goals you know largely are are pure you know he and and especially now, you know, he's like, well, I'm I'm kind of in the process of essentially like saving all of existence, as far as he's aware. Uh-huh. You know, it's like this. The, the most important thing is like that we're able to, um, you know, dispose of the One Ring. You know, this yep. this is the quest that we need to take care of, and it's like if I have to, um, you know, kind of pull some strings. And and use my connections to to make that happen. Like I'll I'll do it in a heartbeat. You know, yeah, like he's yeah. not he doesn't think twice twice about it. Yeah, he's like a very socially um, intelligent person. Like he does know how to uh, use people's emotions to to get what he wants, and, and you can see a you know steps and steps ahead. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, and and it's it's hard not to think of that as 
manipulative. You know, it it, it it definitely is. But then you're like, well, but he's Gandalf, so it's like his heart's in the right place, right? You know, it's, yeah, it's kind of like yeah. a gray gray area kind of thing. I think that's even how like some characters think about him too. You know, like I think people are kind of aware, especially like, those closest to him. Like like Gandalf the Gray. A gray area, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But, um, you know, that, what is it? Like, like Gandalf's the kind of person that um, people want to impress, you know, or they, they want his approval. Like, I think that's, that's what makes his relationship yeah. so powerful. It's not even like that Gandalf, like, does so much to help others it's that other people want to like prove themselves to gandalf yeah like that's how he's able to get so much support from so many people it's again to bring it back to doctor who i mean it's kind of (laughs) the same way the doctor uses his companions you know and that's been been um weaponed against him by you know different villains like davros saying oh you know you don't you know use weapons you turn people into weapons blah blah blah. you know it's it's a you know a kind of a similar similar thing a big kind of uh just you know game player charming mm-hmm. uh you know mystical adventurous you know game player mm-hmm. makes you fall in love with them and then uh throws you on 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 a crazy journey right yeah no i think it is like that and a lot of it has to do with um you know this hasn't been talked about in a while but i remember in the hobbit too like we know that Gandalf is one of those people who's also really old. Lord of the Rings has a lot of characters who you might be like, oh, yeah, you know, they look like an 80-year-old man. It's like, yeah, well, they're fucking 800, you know, or whatever they are. Like, I don't, I don't think we know exactly, but... When 900 old years old you are, look great, you will not. Yeah. Um, baby so... Yoda. Old baby Yoda. <laughs> old baby. I love Grandpa Baby Yoda. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's like, I, I think some of that, that parallel from Gandalf and the Doctor, too, is, like, they have all these, like, human or mortal relationships, but they live outside of, like, the boundaries yeah. of what makes those relationships, like, worth meaning function normally, yes. you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. you, I, like they, they can't be, like, truly healthy, right? Because yeah. Because there's, like, that difference in the power dynamic that's exactly you know? it, it yep. it's it, yep massive massive disparity in in you know power balance there yeah yeah and so so gandalf is like that and the doctor is like that and neither of them are like like willfully you know doing these things i think that's the impression right neither of them are willfully doing these things in order to like take advantage of these people but like like just because they're outside of of like that the the same rules that everyone else plays by it's like they they just don't operate the way a, a normal person would who who has like your actual like best intentions in mind right it's like they're they're sure. thinking about things like beyond you they're yeah. thinking about the big picture and you're just a small part of it yeah yeah so the the relationship is secondary that's well said you're right yeah um so anyway, so we, we kind of get more of that, and it's it's like, yeah, how much of that is Strider, like, not wrapped, you know, is or isn't wrapped up in, um, 
just the fact that that he's connected to Gandalf at all, I thought was like kind of interesting. Like Strider already was interesting because last episode we were talking about him as like the the kind of cliche, you know, shady rogue hanging out in the back of the tavern, and and he is, but like you know, he's also good friends with uh, this wizard character that everyone knows. So it's like there's there's also like a shared history that we're learning about. Um, and yeah, Aragorn also knows a lot about History. the lore of the world. Lore of the rings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. It's funny hear, hearing yeah. the word lore used like in in a story like about history or like things that are supposed to have happened in the past in a world because I like I'm so used to it being said about fictional stories that it's like strange yeah, to me talk- to hear it said in an actual story um yeah as, as, to mean like actual history yeah and not yeah. like not like a fiction exactly yeah so so that that kind of sure. like threw me for a loop i was like wow is that is that like kind of where it's that like, like, came from a little bit yeah it's like yeah. saying do, do you know the the lore about christianity yeah exactly or, or or like do you know roman lore or or world war ii lore it's like yeah. <laughs> right. Are you yeah. asking about history? Right. It's like, yeah. yeah. Are you talking about history or is this some sort of book that I shouldn't be reading? Yeah. That you shouldn't be reading, especially. <laughs> you know, it's true. But I, you know what I like about thinking about the, the tension between those words? And I think the way that we use them, mm-hmm. you know, today versus the way that it's used in the book here is like it does feel like lore. It's it's not that it's interchangeable with history. I think that they're actually used kind of similarly in that um like when Sam asks Aragorn to like recount the lore or whatever, you know, Aragorn like sings a song. That's where we get the whole thing with uh Yeah. I, I feel like lore has more of a story connotation versus history, which is more of a yeah. uh uh like a rote academic connotation. Right. Right. Um and I, I think the difference here is that um, in this period of Middle Earth, lore, a more uh, uh, storied connotation is is more appropriate because they are it's it's more of a verbal history. It's more of telling through uh, songs and like word of mouth. Yeah, that's uh, all as opposed have, to a, right. as opposed to a history, which would be like the Red Book of whatever the hell it was mentioned in the prelogue that prologue was March. Yeah, this that Lord of the Rings is a chapter of. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely it. Spot on, Josh. We even get that line that um, that they they ask Aragorn to tell him some story, and he's like, "Yeah, I can do that," but honestly. You should listen to Elrond because he's the only person alive who actually knows it. Like, there there is no history to recount. There's just one person on all of Middle Earth who actually knows it because he's just that old, and everyone else was yeah. like fucking dead or just not around for that part. You know. Yep. Um. So so yeah, I, I do think that's the idea. Just like you said, it's um, lore gets to be more poetic than that. Yeah. Um. So I, I still have quite a few notes on this chapter. Yeah, ready. let's let's go down the list and we'll see where that takes us. Go for it, Josh. Okay. So backing way the fuck up to when they're leaving uh, and the horses all ran away, 
First off, I think I said at the beginning, but this Bill Fernie fellow is just a real piece of work. Just a total piece of shit to everyone in town, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And, and that's before he starts working with the Black Riders. Uh, and then he sells them a horse for like three times its worth. And like the, the horse is happy to be sold because it's, even though it's carrying like three ponies worth of materials, it is it is much less of a burden than it was with, with Fernie. Yeah, they're better off. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's like, ooh, this guy's uh this guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, they sound um, like um like a low level, you know, it's like when when there's a story and the character has like a bully character, you know, and Yep. Scott Farkas, Moses Lack. Exactly. Like this person isn't really like anyone important, you know? Yep. But they think they are. Like, you know, they're uh they're a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way to put it. Um. So yeah, the horses all run away, and then we get like two paragraphs about what happened to the horses, the, to the ponies, and it's just like not even halfway through the first book, we already have a happily ever after for the ponies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're right. And I guess we did see Tom Bombadil again, although briefly, uh-huh. after talking about it a week ago. But yeah, the ponies go and find Tom and they go live with him for the rest of the story. <laughs> the end. Yeah. How beautiful. Isn't it so funny that um Tolkien continues to to kind of like stress the you know animal intelligence. It's not like the the ponies just fucking like wandered around and bumbled into him haplessly. Like yeah, their they, own thought they were like, let's go back to Tom Bombadil. He's fucking dope. Like Yeah. And uh, uh, no, I think they, they go after Fatty Lumpkin. Right, yeah. you're right. They, they yes, made their way to the down to search of Fatty Lumpkin. And then it came under the care of Tom Bombadil for a while and were well off. Um, uh, oh, but then they went to go, but when events reached Tom's ear, he sent them to Mr. Butterbur, uh, who then got, they, they worked for him for the rest of the their days. Yeah, but uh, they, they seem happy to do that, you know. Yeah. They're fine. Butterbur, while being a forgetful, uh, forget, let's just say, leave it a forgetful person, uh, yeah. is a better, better worker or better owner than, uh, they could have gotten in Bree. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, his heart's in the right place and he, he's a good caretaker and he, he does what he can also, to, to help. Yeah. There seems to be a lesson kind of hidden in here of like Butterbur like pays out like the, the loss of the three pony or three horses or something like that. And, uh, or, Oh no, he paid like three, he paid for the new horse from Fernie, uh, at three times cost and eventually ended up with the, the five ponies. Uh, so he got, he got more than his money's worth. There's some sort of like weird hidden value of like, if you, like if you pay it forward, you'll, you'll get like, you'll get it back. Plus yeah, hundred percent. 100% uh, for, right. For being a good person. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I, I didn't think about that, but I, I think you're right that that's, that's definitely in there for sure. Intent- whether it's intentional or not. Yeah. Um, let's see. According to the maps, Weather, Weathertop Hill is approximately halfway to Rivendell from the Shire. We covered that. Um, later on, when they're talking about... Uh, I think it's when Sam pops up about the uh, Gil Galad, the fall of mm-hmm. Gil Galad, 
they start talking about Mordor. Uh, and Sam goes, uh, there was a lot more all about Mordor. I didn't learn that part. It gave me the shivers. I never thought I should be going all that way myself. And Pippin cried, uh, going to Mordor? I hope it doesn't come to that. My note there is just <laughs> lol. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, who, who knows? We don't yeah, know. They're, they're just going to Rivendell. R- Rivendell. I keep saying Riv- Riverdale. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> um, oh, and Weathertop Hill, I think, is the, the weird, like, half-remembered scene that I have from the last time I watched uh, Fellowship of the Ring, which would have been over ten years ago. Um where they're at some sort of like crumbling like watchtower and get attacked by who I presume are the Black Riders. Um, yep, I, I remember the scene as well. So I think that's exactly what you're thinking about. Um, yeah, and then the note on that is they're halfway there. <laughs> yes. Just like, oh yeah, we're actually here now. So halfway there. Halfway there. Um, let's see. Elementary Dear Watson. Uh, if there was ever a way to motivate a hobbit, it must be the promise of feasting at the home of an elf. Which is when mm. uh, they're they're complaining about not having enough food, and Strider's like, uh, "Tighten your belts and think of think with hope of the tables at Elrond's house." Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to I want to add on to that because um, even though we've known that the plan was for the hobbits to go to Rivendell this entire time, like that's where Gandalf says to take the ring. Yeah. Um, I have to admit, I did not make the connection that this was the same place that Bilbo went to just before the Misty Mountains. How could you not? They, we know this. It's the same place name. I, same, I know. With Elrond is there too. I know. Well, I just I just forgot that it was called Rivendell. And I don't really feel like they've mentioned Elrond until that's what tipped me off. When when Aragorn says, "Think of all the food you're going to get at Elrond's house." I was like, "Elrond? I know that guy. I know Elrond. He was in The Hobbit." And then I was like, "Oh." And then actually I looked at the map and I was like, "Yeah, Rivendell." And then it shows the Misty Mountains right next to it and I'm like, "Yeah." Oh, that's really obvious, isn't it? But <laughs> I was just kind I, I of like, to... I was like, oh, I recognize that name. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So, okay. um, didn't think any further than that. Glad I well, but, but so you, uh, I mean, now you're, we're, we're all on the same page now, right? They're going to Rivendell. The page numbers are different, but yes, we're on the same page. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba. Good one. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I I have to say I just did not put two and two together, even though um, it was right in front of my face. So that line tipped me off when they said they're you know think of the food you're gonna get at Elrond's house. I'm like oh yeah, the last homely home or whatever. Like I remember yeah. that place. That's exactly where they're going, even with the same person because obviously Elrond's an elf and he's you know essentially immortal. So yeah. So it's also kind of funny, you know, we were talking about the parallels between, you know, uh, Frodo embarking on his journey with Bilbo on his birthday, you know, and um, I think there was even maybe a few more we touched on that I'm just not going to remember right now. But there there were several parallels there. 
and now we're getting, you know, another one that I wasn't even considering, which is that they're going to the same place. Like, not ultimately, but this was a really crucial first stop for them. Um, yep. That they're both going to. And it's only two weeks away. It sounds with Strider's help, which would make it like a month journey total. Um, and I think in the Hobbit it was like several months to get to, to Rivendell. So they must be traveling faster than the dwarves and uh, Bilbo were moving. You might be right, but I, it does kind of feel like it took them longer. I remember we were talking about how much time passed in the Hobbit. Yeah, because I think it was like several months and they were just like out in the wilderness and then they reached the trolls. Could and that be. was well before Rippendale. Um, yeah, that, that would be interesting to um, look back on and, and see what, what the time discrepancy is there. Because I, they, yeah, I, they I, left I feel it, they like left you're in right. May. They left in May and they got to Rivendell in like June. Or not June, July. No, but not right now. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to say much more because I, I don't remember. But I yeah, um, I don't remember. If, if, head, if I... you look it up, if you check it out, uh, leave a comment. Let, let us know next time. Or or yeah, you know, other people can do that. You know, the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, yeah. So I got two more notes. So we then get this really long song or chant or whatever it is or poem mm-hmm. about. Um, Baron and Tenuvial. I hope I pronounced yeah. those right. Yeah. And uh, I was having trouble. I was following it pretty all right until like the last couple of ones. I'm like, okay, now this is way, way too poetic to get the exact, to like get the literal meaning of, get the literal meaning of what's going on here. Um, and then I, I, I was like rereading it, rereading it. And I just, all right, I'm just gonna move on. And we get a whole like page long paragraph explaining the whole thing. It's like, oh, yes. that's what was going on. <laughs> yes. um, hey, hey, Nova. Off? Off. Good girl. Um, so, yeah. Two pages of song on, and one solid page explaining it. <laughs> At least we got an explanation this time. Um, it did feel kind of redundant, because I know that Tolkien loves writing his songs, but it right. is also funny that he felt the need to explain it and then but, it's like, well, it, you could have just explained it. Right. Oh, yeah. Instead of doing both, you're saying just pick the explanation. Yeah, um, I'm not saying so it'd be I, better for it. I, I don't think that Tolkien should cut the song out. I'm just saying, like, as a reader, it was funny to me to, like, read through the song and be like, what is this? And then it's yeah. like, yep, here it is. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, I appreciate that the explanation was there because when I got to the sec- the last two verses of the song, it's like, I have no idea what the hell's going on here. Um. Like, is, is he dead? Is she dead? What did she do after that? And I, was it happy ever after or not? Because he said it was a tragic story. Um, and yeah, the explanation definitely helped me understand that, like, yeah, they, the guy died and she chose mortality to follow him. And, but apparently they had a lot of kids because there's, we get into some, uh, some uh, genealogy stuff going on. Yes. And it turns out that Elrond is descended from these people, mm-hmm. as well as the kings of uh, Numenor, that is Westerness. Uh, so is is Strider trying to say the kings? I forget. Are the kings of Westerness the the Black Riders or 
Um, I don't know who the kings of Westerness are. I I remember that being mentioned, but the descendants of the kings of Westerness are apparently cousins with Elrond. Mentioned that's, that's where? where? Where is that mentioned? Well, I mean, like that's that's what this the point of this whole big paragraph was. It's like we get into the genealogy. It's like Elrond is descended from these people in the poem, and that but they're also there's a branch that leads to the kings of Westerness, the kings of Numenor. So in right. some way they are cousins, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, but what I'm saying is we don't know who the kings of Westerness are. Okay, I wasn't I wasn't certain either. I feel like the names come up before. I can't remember. I didn't really look that hard into it because I've been reading for like two hours at this point. Um, but my my note here is 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 Strider trying to say that these two entities are cousins, Elrond and the and the king, descendants of the kings. I think that's um, I think that's the point of the story. Yeah, distant cousins, not like, not like once or twice removed like distant cousins but they are related yeah yeah i, I so. guess so i um i felt like this was one of those things where like i as i read through it at first i was like trying to parse it out but i, I just feel like i don't have all the pieces so i didn't try very hard to like put it all together <laughs> you know it's like yeah. if it, I, I feel like it, it felt like a mystery that I just can't solve yet because they're talking about all these things that I'm only hearing about for the first time. And it's like, this feels like this is stuff that's either going to be expanded on or I have to read the Silmarillion to fucking know what it is. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, the it, Silmarillion, I know. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Real quick, I, I may have accidentally been pulling from knowledge that we haven't gotten to yet in the book because fucking names on the internet. Um, but yeah, the the Cimmerillion, like, are the Cimmerils that are mentioned in this, again, page-long paragraph explaining the, the let's just call it a song for now, for lack of a better term. Uh, are those related to Cimmerillion? I don't know. I, the, the name sure seems to imply that they are. Um, we also find out that there is a greater enemy than Sauron. First time hearing of this. Yes. Someone that so, Sauron of Mordor used to be a servant of. Yes. That also stuck out to me. We don't get a name for this entity, but apparently they existed sometime in the distant past. Yeah. So yeah, right. We... And it, it is funny that um, so often... Um, Sauron and his forces are referred to as the enemy, and yet yep. this this thing is called the great enemy. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if it it makes... I've always kind of compared, or kind of like subconsciously had like Sauron as like the emperor, and some of his underlings that I know show up later are like a Vader figure. Um, but this makes it sound more like Sauron is the Vader figure, and this greater enemy enemy is the uh the, the emperor figure so it's like oh mm. we gotta move the the rank up a little bit here or down which are where you're looking at it and right. who's snoke we're escalating which one is snoke um that's that's the eye i think <laughs> okay that, that's the isr on just i created snoke <laughs> Sa sauron is the necromancer and the the isr on is is snoke Cool. We haven't even gone to that shit. 
I drew a um, picture of it like six chapters ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing that I'm struck by because I I didn't really have a lot to say on the Let's whole. Yes, the whole thing about Sauron. I, I really like it. It almost it sounds very like um, belittling Sauron of Mordor, like just some guy from some place, and yet, <laughs> you know, he's the main threat that we're kind of grappling with here. And like you're mentioning, Josh, um, he really seems to be just an offshoot. You know, e- e- even just literally called a servant of a greater enemy. Yeah, and um, it's like so. So, are we just dealing with the fallout of you know some bigger story that we don't even get to read? Didn't? Yes, that that's probably the exactly the uh, feeling that Tolkien wanted to convey. Uh, But didn't Sam also mention that this is like some sort of age of like fading magic when he was recounting the the bit that Bilbo translated? Like or like someone mentioned like the elves used to be more powerful and then like uh now we're in the age where magic's fading and the elves aren't quite as plentiful or numerous, stuff like that. And it's like maybe this yeah. is this is referring to like one of those that earlier age and there was an even greater enemy and Sauron's just like a remnant of that. Right. Which is still so powerful because he's from that earlier, more powerful age. Yeah, I think it is I mean, obviously, we don't know the specifics, but I think, like, broad brushstrokes, it's like, I think that's kind of the idea. Um, But it really is just such a cool, small detail to throw in there where it's like, yeah, you know, this guy that we've been we've been building up as, you know, the 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 main uh, villain antagonist, you know, even even like more ethereal. And vague than that, really, you know, but uh, really just like a force to be grappled with. Um, And it's like, yeah, well, you know, he was just like the janitor. And it's like, oh, um, okay, you know, like, like, I think Tolkien does a lot of work in these two chapters, like with... um, with Aragorn kind of going over the lore, recounting all this this uh, stuff from history, and and even small things like this to show like just how much history, just how much past there really is that we only know like bits and pieces of. Um, I, I think it makes the world feel very full. I guess, you know, it's, I, I like that it isn't like for, for as, as much of these chapters are like characters expositing and, and saying things like, it'd be very easy to get the feeling where it's like, Oh my God, these people never shut the fuck up. Like they're just talking like, but it's, it's not an info dump because for as much as they say, it's all implications about so much more that you don't hear, you know? Um, they don't, they don't storytelling. Exactly. Right. They don't tell you, they talk a lot, but there's no way they can ever tell you everything. And so no matter how much they actually say, it's like, well, that's just a small piece of a piece until you go read the Silmarillion, (laughs) which we may. And, and you're right. I think this, I mean, there's no reason to think that the Silmarils aren't connected to the Silmarillion. And so it's 
it's also it's like so the Silmarils are what like jewels. Um, yeah, it's not really clear. Are they like? Oh no, they, they do say they're they're uh, like the the brightest jewels or like gemstones ever or something like that. Yeah. So it's like well, we okay, but we don't know what color they are. Like if they're a mix of different kinds of jewels or something like that. Yeah, everything we would have to say is speculation, but it's there. You know, how many of them are there? I don't know. A silver million. Because if they're six, I'd say they're the Infinity Stones. But if they're seven, I'd say they're the Chaos Emeralds. Hmm. That's where my brain jumped to. And if it's three, it's the Triforce. Oh yeah. Well, those are just golden triangles. It would be more like the, uh, like the uh, fuck. What do they call it? The the stones, the, the gems you get at the beginning of Ocarina of Time. The um, the ruby, the sapphire, and the emeralds. I do know what you're talking about, but I also don't remember. I what forget they're what they're called collectively. Um, elemental gemstones or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyways, I have a couple notes. I know we're yeah we're we have to go late here, but I, I have a couple notes that I want to throw out here too before we wrap up. Um, was yeah, there anything else you wanted to mention before I get to that, Josh? Nope, I just I wasn't got, sure. We got through all of my notes. I put my book. Okay. Down. First one, short and easy. Um, I'm reading through chapter 11, and they start talking about this guy named Bob. And I'm like, wait a minute, is that a typo? And then they keep saying Bob. And I'm like, wait a minute, is Bob Knob? Have they been calling Knob Bob and Bob oh, Knob? Yeah. No, there, I, there, there's two of them. One's, one's there Bob, is two of yeah, them. Bob yeah. Knob. But Bob is Bob was only mentioned like once or twice before that. I think. You're right. Yep, I I completely forgot about that too, and I I remember being confused about that. I was like, "Who the fuck is Bob?" I know Nod's yeah. here. As I as I kept reading, I did get to the part where it's just clear that Nob and Bob are two different people. But for the life of me, I cannot remember Bob being talked about at all in any previous chapter. So when I saw that in chapter eleven, I'm like, I was ready to call this out as a typo and be like, "Ha, huh, he called Nob Bob," but uh, no, there's just Nob and Bob. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a fishing store. There, there was this line where um, Strider is talking about, um, like they need to be careful about being out in the open, even though there's not like a lot of people around. He says not all the birds are to be trusted. I just wanted to call that line out because I, I still appreciate this continuation and like this along with the ponies kind of thing. Where um, Tolkien just doesn't completely drop the idea that, like, all animals are, are their own, like, culture. Like, it's not it's so much more than being a species. And so, like, just the idea that um, you can't trust the birds. Like, it's just such a different idea from how we think about birds and how we think about the animal kingdom in, in our own world. Yeah. And Tolkien, like, I, I, with lines like this, I guess what I like about it is... You know, the obvious implication is that all, all animals are like this in some form or another. All animals, you know, have a consciousness greater than what you, the reader, like would afford them in your own real life. And so not only does that kind of like immediately deepen the world of Middle Earth in just a few words, because it's like any time you come across any animal, it's like, oh, well, they're part of like their own kingdom and shit. Like they're not just like yeah. a fucking rabbit, you know. But it, I don't know, maybe, maybe it kind of gives you pause to think about, um, 
you know, what what do you not see about animals in your own world that that could be true? You know, maybe like they're they don't have their own kingdoms and shit. But I mean, um, you know, just because they seem to be so different from people, you know, could could there not be similarities that, uh, you know, we just aren't aren't capable of seeing? Um, so there's a bit of that. We talked about um, Strider's knowledge of Ellen Deal and Gilgalad. I just want to mention, like, hey, it's kind of interesting that he knows so much, particularly because even the other characters are, like, kind of suspicious. Like, how do you know all that? Um, and then um, what I want to end with on my copy, it's page 202. This is going to bring us to the scene where we were talking about the Black Riders confronting the party. Mm -hmm. um, but just before that, there's this question. Can the Riders see? Asked Mary. I mean, they seem usually to have their noses rather than their eyes smelling for us, if smelling is the right word, at least in the daylight. And then Strider says... Um, I was too careless on the hilltop. I was very anxious to find some sign of Gandalf, but it was a mistake for three of us to go up and stand there so long. For the black horses can see, and the riders can use men and other creatures as spies as we found at Bree. They themselves do not see the world of light as we do, but our shapes cast shadows in their minds, which only the noon sun destroys. And in the dark, they perceive many signs and forms that are hidden from us. Then they are most to be feared. And at all times, they smell the blood of living things, desiring and hating it. Senses, too, there are other than sight or smell. We can feel their presence. It troubled our hearts as soon as we came here. And before we saw them, they feel ours more keenly. Also, he added, and his voice sank to a whisper, the ring draws them. Yeah. I just like getting more information on the Black Riders um, because, like, we've talked about how how strange and unsettling they are, and um, I, I, I guess like this kind of confirms some of the the weirder, stranger parts parts about them. You know, it's like they really they can't even really see. You know. They like pretend the, to be people. They can carry yeah. on small conversations, but like they don't even have eyes. They don't even fucking see. They they just smell people. Like what the fuck is the deal with these motherfuckers? <laughs> um, and then they you know they have like this weird like vampire bloodlust or whatever. Like you know they're they're just like these strange you know like faux human vessels of darkness that that um, I find myself to be very fascinated by. And so I thought this passage was really cool. And then also, it's it's also a little bit more like, well, how does Aragorn know this too? Why does Aragorn know all this shit, you know? Why does he know about the Black Riders? He, did, he was talking with Gandalf, presumably, for a while, so maybe, that, maybe from there? Maybe. I mean, that's a, a good uh, explanation as any. I certainly don't think it's like I don't bring it up as a criticism like well he shouldn't know that but I like I, I think it's interesting that this character that like I think could 
kind of be easily discredited as just like this grimy fucking loser. It's like, oh, well, he knows a lot. Like, he's obviously very knowledgeable. So it kind of leads you to the question, like, what's the deal with that? Hmm. I think. Um, but anyways, that kind of brings us to the the actual confrontation. You know, we know that the Black Riders can't even see them, really. They they smell them. They sense them. Yep. And so they 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 meet them at the fire. And then Frodo is overcome by this urge seemingly out of nowhere to put on the ring. And when he does, he sees the Black Riders as completely different beings. They... Yep. They, they aren't even black anymore. They're described as, like, completely white. They're wearing robes. They have swords. One of them has a crown. The other are wearing, like, these, these helms, I think. Um, and so we just get, like, this really interesting detail that upon putting on the ring, Frodo, everything else essentially looks the same to him. But Frodo sees the Black Riders as completely different. Um... Connor, did you make anything of that or, or or had any thoughts to share on like that scene in particular? Um, I mean, you know, I thought it was uh, pretty captivating. I, I never really thought too much of um, what they what they really were. And, um, you know, I, I do kind of like the the implied connection i guess that that things changed between frodo and and them once once the ring was put on or maybe maybe their presence ha you know draws him to the ring um so so yeah i mean it it, it definitely added some more mystery to to these characters for me um but yeah, I I I I have not quite um, made out just what that connection is. Yeah, I I don't think there's really any cracking the code at this point here in the book. But it, it does it does give you more to chew on. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, this was a cool scene. Um, Josh, anything you'd like to add? I think we're gonna wrap up our discussion here unless we want to chime in on anything else um no i think you covered everything really well much better than i could with my current lack of sleep mental state um thanks buddy but i'm sure you would have done just fine i mean i've been stumbling through this whole podcast podcast <laughs> um let's see um yeah i don't know it's uh I just completely blanked. I'm sorry. The The ending is, I think it's the first time we've ever had like a real cliffhanger in Lord of the Rings. Um, I can't remember if we had anything in The Hobbit. Maybe when they were just meeting Smaug. I think we had a few cliffhangers. Um, yeah. But not like, not like, oh, everyone, like the main character's in mortal danger kind of cliffhanger. I, I think we had a couple of that in like Hitchhiker's Guide when like, I think we'd had a, like a chapter where four jumps out a window or... Um, 
Yeah, uh, quite so, a few when we were reading through Hitchhikers, yeah. Right, but that was also like every other chapter. Like, if there's one yeah. thing Douglas Adams could do, it was uh, write a cliffhanger on a two-page chapter. Yeah, this is um, the first good one for Lord of the Rings, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it'll be interesting to see how Frodo manages to get out of being stabbed. And uh, also, like, maybe we'll learn a bit more about the uh, the Black Riders, and maybe Gandalf will show up, because he, he was there only three days ago. So I could see him rushing back when he sees all the black senses or sees the black riders converging on that uh, point where apparently you could see the half the countryside from and presumably the half the countryside could see back, especially a wizard who could uh, theoretically use his magic in mm. some way to perceive something that's three days journey away to a normal person. Oh, that's true. Just real quick. Remember there was that part where as uh, Frodo and the rest of the gang were traveling to the weather top, him and Aragorn saw those flashes from it. They're like, what was oh, that? Yeah. And we come to find out it's like, it was probably Gandalf. Yeah. Doing some sort of fire intimidation for something. Yeah. So, um, kinda cool so yeah, maybe he'll, maybe he'll show up and just like wreck the black riders for the hobbits and strider. And then they'll be like, all right, uh, next page. We're in Rivendell, just like in the Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a bit more to go. Before we we make it to the last homely home, but uh, yeah, I mean we'll see. What it is kind of interesting that not only do they mention that we are halfway um, halfway to Rivendell from the Shire oh, that we're realized. at like the midway point, but we're also halfway through the book. We are, yeah. That well, seems to be uh, intentional. Um. We're about halfway. We're about halfway. I'm on page 246 out of 506. So the halfway, the the physical halfway point is still ahead. Um, Yes. But only only by a few pages. Exactly. Um, Oh, boy. This next chapter is. uh, Oh, that's interesting. I'm looking at the chapter ahead. Just looking at the like how long it is. Um, It's a long one. Uh, more than 20 pages, and then we hit book two before we oh. get... And the chapter starts from one again. God damn it. That's gonna piss me off. Well, what do you know? That, yeah. Hey, that'll be fun. So we're we're coming up oh, on a, uh, a true milestone here next time. You have that we, to look forward to. We have 50 pages of reading to do by next week, boys. Well... That's uh, good. That we have a heads up. Thanks for checking. We'll, Josh. we'll do that's it how much we hours get. before we we. I, I was gonna say, Connor. Connor and I will still um, be reading these these two chapters the day of. So this is how much we got to read. So maybe seven thirty next week. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Connor, take us away. All right, folks. Uh, if you're interested in uh, getting more chapter jumps in your life. Go to patreon.com slash chapter jumps. Um, you can follow us on social media at chapter jumps pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you want to email us, it's chapter jumps pod at gmail.com. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. Um, but until next time. Wait, we didn't tell them about the flyers. All right. Good night.